This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Play fake. Cousins taking a deep shot. Jefferson's got separation, and he's got the catch inside the 40. Jefferson still going. See you later. Justin Jefferson, have a day. His first NFL touchdown, and that'll be on the highlight reel for years. This is BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with the Joes, Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio from BetQL. Welcome back. This is BetQL Daily on the BetQL Network. Joe G, Joe O with you, of course, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. And you know what we got to do right now? We just started the hour with some football talk. We'll get to some baseball. We'll line up the day in Major League Baseball, over-unders, props, all the things we love to talk about, K-props, home runs. we got to continue the football talk here, Joe. Paul Charchian is going to join us right now. All things fantasy, all things season props. Uh, this league that I know you guys need to explain to everyone here. we got to get to that. Paul, how are you doing this morning? Welcome to BetQL Daily. I'm, I'm doing great. Hi, Joe and Joe. Great to talk to you again. And uh, like twice in two weeks, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, we're jacked about the season. We can't wait. It starts one month from tonight. Got the email yesterday. Tell me about the guillotine league. Because I, I'm already, I mean, a month out, I've signed up for, let's say, three more some version of fantasy football leagues uh, more than I was in a year ago. But uh, I, I replied, I'm like, yeah, I'm all in. And I'm thinking, well, I hope the draft isn't tomorrow because I have no idea what this is. So what did I sign up for with this guillotine league? <laughs> what, what, is this, what is this thing I've signed up for? <laughs> yes. Here's the guillotine league. It is the freshest new concept in fantasy sports. Here's how it works. 18 teams start the season, one for every week of the season. And there's no head-to-head. Instead, every week, the lowest scoring team that week gets cut. And here's the magic. Yes. All of their players go to the waiver wire. So now it's the end of week one. And here comes an entire team's draft on the waiver wire. You know, maybe that's Josh Allen and Aaron Jones and Mike Evans and JK Dobbins. And, you know, we're never used to that on the waiver wire. You'll have a thousand mythical dollars to spend over the course of the whole season. And when great players hit the waiver wire, part of the strategy is, well, Geez, here's Elvin Kamara on the waiver wire. You know, do I push in all of my chips now, knowing I could start Kamara the rest of the year? Or do I save some, knowing there's more great players coming down the road? And that's the beauty of the guillotine league. All you have to do is not be last. The last team standing wins the whole thing. That's the guillotine league. This is amazing. I, I love this. I'm not just saying this because you're on the show. Uh, Joe Gino's, I love survivor pools. I, I can't get enough yeah. of them. I think I signed up for a couple more over the weekend for the upcoming NFL season. I, I won run of I run one of my own, and uh, this is what this reminds me of. Okay, cool. I love it. Paul, you Got know a little of that because every week, like in a survivor pool, every week could be your last. And yeah. so you get you get some of the anxiety that you get in the survivor pool in the guillotine league. Paul, you know what's interesting to me as you explain it? What the, the strategy of 
let's say right after week one, right? You make it through week one and you, you mentioned that whole team comes on the waiver wire and you have to pick, decide like, all right, am I going all in now? Am I going to kind of wait, save some of my money as other good players come on the, the market? But it's, it's basically a survivor. You don't want to wait and then not pick up a bunch of good players. And then what happens if you finish in last in week two, your season is over. It's almost like, you know, you, you want to kind of go all in to make sure you continue to have a chance to keep winning. Yeah, that, you, you don't want to go to your grave with all 1,000 of your mythical dollars. If you, if you take them to your grave, they've done you no good. But the other side of it is every week, better and better teams are getting cut. And so you want to have money left in the middle and the end of the season. So when amazing teams are getting cut, you are still in bidding contention for those guys. And that's, that's, that's part of the strategy of the guillotine league. It's unlike anything we've ever done before. Paul, last time we had you on the show, you uh, went to over exactly why this Vikings defense is going to be so much better in 2021 compared to 2020 with uh, Mike Zimmer on the hot seat. And the talking points about your Minnesota Vikings have certainly changed. A lot of drama late last week involving Kirk Cousins. Not a ton has changed aside from him looking for some plexiglass. And now we've got this Justin Jefferson injury. What do we think? The Jefferson injury is not serious, and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him back practicing within a day or two. Uh, the Kirk thing is really tricky, and here's what, here's what I want your audience to understand, Joe and Joe. Kirk, Kirk's so religious, he really doesn't care about football and even this mortal coil. I mean, his, his focus is on being doing what he thinks is the right thing while he's inhabiting this physical, this physical body until he can go to you know, wherever he's going to go after, after he dies. And if it comes down to, you know, if at some point he's pushed to the point where it's vaccinate or quit, he will quit. And that's, you know, that is some of the, the worry that I think that, you know, fantasy owners or Vikings betters need to bake in is a possible scenario where Kirk just says, you know what, I, you know, I don't care. You know, the most important thing to me is, you know, God and religion or whatever, and I'm not going to do it. He's, you know, he's, he's not, he's not going to blink on this. There is no amount of pressure, team pressure, coach pressure, societal pressure that is going to make Kirk gets vaccinated. Paul on that. Uh, if we just for a second, assume he plays the full year, but what you just said is, is certainly interesting and noteworthy and something we all have to keep in the back of our head. The reality is he may have to miss time this season, even if he doesn't contract COVID-19. If he's on the list, if he is uh, you know, obviously exposed, he's going to have to go on uh, the list and wait. He's going to have to wait to come back. On, as If he was vaccinated, he could be back quicker. That could change a game. It could swing a game. He could miss a game. Touchdown props, over-unders on his passing. Goals. like everything about the Vikings and their quarterback feels up in the air because of, of exactly what you're just describing. Yes. And, and, and on top of that, remember, you know, they test Saturday. So the, you know, the last test is Saturday. We may not even find out until like Sunday morning that Kirk Cousins is out because he tested positive on Saturday. I mean, and so, you know, I think for anybody who's, who's doing advanced planning with their wagering, you're betting anything Viking, especially an oversight of anything Viking is you have to bake in some of the risk that you might wake up Sunday morning and be looking at a Vikings team that's held them to buy a Kellen Mond. Wow. Yeah, certainly. It's amazing. And, it, you know, I look at the NFC North odds 
And I understand the Vikings probably should be the second favorite. I don't quite agree with the gap between the Vikings and the Bears that we see. FanDuel Sportsbook, plus 250. Uh, I'm not, like you just mentioned there, I'm not interested in anything uh, Vikings futures in the positive sense. Uh, Do you agree with that number, though, of plus 250? Do you think that's priced appropriately? You know, I I do think that's priced appropriately. We touched on the defense last time, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it here, but get this stat for you on how much better this Viking defense is going to be. Their last game played week 17 of last year compared to their first game played this year coming up. Between their 11 defensive starters and their nickelback, that's 12 players, the Vikings will have 11 different players out of their top 12 on defense in week one this year than the end of last year. It is a fully rebuilt defense uh, with with players who know Mike Zimmer. Sheldon Richardson has been here before. Uh, Mackenzie Alexander's been here before. It's this is this is a full strength Mike Zimmer defense. And Patrick Peterson's now here. Um, and there's so many advantages to this defense. The Vikings defense is going to go back to being the the unit that we saw, the top five team that it was every single year. And I think that alone keeps them in the conversation. And why I think that's appropriately priced. Paul Charchian with us here talking some NFL futures teams uh, a lot as we look forward one month from today, the kickoff of the NFL season. Paul, give us an NFL coach of the year pick. As, as you think about it right now, people are betting on all these future markets. Coach of the year, when I say that, what comes to mind? Here, let's say you think the Chiefs are going to be really good and kind of who doesn't, and you want to bet Kansas City. It is almost impossible to find Kansas City value. Almost impossible. They're plus 500 to win the Super Bowl. You could bet their win total, 12 and a half. They've got by far the biggest win total. You could bet the over on that for roughly even money. But coach of the year, let's talk about coach of the year. First, understand this. Coach of the year, there are two buckets that provide coaches of the year. The first bucket is first-year coaches who dramatically upgrade a struggling team, just like Kevin Stefanski last year. Those, those coaches can win coach of the year. The second bucket is is veteran coaches with a lot of wins, like John Harbaugh two years ago on 14 wins. And over the last 20 years, the coach of the year winner has been drawn almost evenly out of those two buckets. One first-year coaches, the second veteran coaches with a lot of wins. In the first bucket, Brandon Staley is the top candidate from that bucket of first-year coaches. He's plus 600 to win coach of the year. But let's focus on the other bucket the veteran coaches and specifically Andy Reid. Veteran coaches need wins. Well, don't we all think it's very possible the Chiefs are going to have the most wins? Vegas thinks they're going to have the most wins. And if we can get to 13 wins, 14 wins, 15 wins, you know, who knows, maybe even 16 wins, right? 17 wins. There's a big number sitting out there for the Chiefs. Andy Reid's going to win that. Hmm. So if Brandon Staley's plus 600, where's Andy Reid? Andy Reid is plus 2,800 to win coach of the year. Brandon Staley's plus 600. Andy Reid's plus 2,800. If you (laughs) think the Chiefs are sitting on a special season, here's your value. Andy Reid, coach of the year, because big win totals win coach of the year awards. Uh, Great point there. Great point. How about uh, with the quarterbacks going into this year? Uh, If you look at season-long props, there's always the passing yards leader, passing touchdowns leader, or interceptions leader. Any names that uh, come to mind (laughs) with any of those three categories? Yeah, if you want some value, uh, consider Matthew Stafford, who's always been a high-volume passer, you know, 4,000 yards all the time for Matthew Stafford. Always been a high-volume guy. 
um, you're going to get the volume with the Rams, and especially with uh, with Cam Akers out for the season, this is going to be a very, very pass-heavy offense, and we, we add in everything that Matthew Stafford has, and that's that's a conduit to a lot of value for just for um, the passing yardage of the leader for the year. Um, I'm going to quickly try to look up his look up his number. I don't have, unfortunately, I don't have it in front of me. But I know that's a uh, that there's strong value there. I want to say he's in the like plus two hundred, uh, the plus two thousand range uh, for most passing yards. And so that's um, that's that's one that I particularly uh, like. Sorry, he's plus fourteen hundred at FanDuel right now. Mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford to win passing yards, uh, passing yards of the year. Um, there's a couple others that that I really like. Uh, the most rushing and receiving yards, Austin Eckler is a is a fairly savvy play for most rushing yards and receiving yards combined. Um, if you can uh, if you can find that ticket, uh, it is available a few different places. Uh, but Austin Eckler sitting at potentially a gigantic season from an emerging offense, uh, like him a lot as well as another uh, as another season long prop bet. Yeah, that's an interesting one with Lombardi there from the Saints running the offense. He could play that uh, Alvin Kamara role. That's a good one. Paul, I always um, am fascinated by quarterbacks and their statistics on guys that we don't really know much about. We think we know. We could project. But, you know, guys have been around five, six years. We're like, all right, this is what they do. This is their kind of year. Jalen Hurts with the Eagles. I keep looking at 574 and a half for his rushing yards. I don't know how good he's going to be. But I do think he's going to run for yards and and kind of raise the floor of their offense with his legs. Your thoughts on Hurts from a prop perspective? Five seventy four and a half on Fanduel the rushing yards this year. You found the one prop that I like. Well, I like his under on passing yards. I don't think he can pass, and that's going to be a real problem sooner or later. But for Jalen Hurts, and he's only, he's only got Joe Flacco and Nick Mullins behind him. That's not a ton of pressure, and obviously the Eagles will will play this out as long as they can. Sooner or later, your quarterback has to pass. And I don't, you know, what we saw last year was a, was a borderline non-functional passer, but they're going to run him a lot because this is what he does. And fortunately, Greg Roman and the Ravens have given the league a blueprint on, on how you can be successful with a run first quarterback. And I don't think they're going to be bashful about running Jalen Hurts. They weren't last year. Hurts was a, was an effective, very effective runner. I don't think he's got the natural skill set that Lamar Jackson has got, but he, they will run him frequently. This is not going to be, there's, on design plays, not just scramble. So I do like the over there. I like the under on the passing. There's a scenario where the passing gets so bad. Eventually he does get pulled for Flacco or Mullins, but ultimately that probably doesn't happen. And hopefully he can just pass well enough that he stays on the field for 17 games. And if he plays 17 games, he'll blow by the mid five hundreds in rushing yards. Charge. Are there any offenses that you are staying far, far away from in fantasy? The Pittsburgh Steelers feel like, and you know, for all the, for everything that we know about the Steelers and all the big names and everything, I've got a ton of worry about this team is it's so many question marks. Will they have the worst offensive line in football? Is Ben Roethlisberger completely cooked because he looked cooked last year. He had the, he had the shortest time to pass at only 2.3 seconds last year. And that's not been Ben. You know, we, when you, when you think about Ben and when he's going into the hall of fame in you know six years, we're going to be thinking about the big, muscular, heavily, heavy body guy slinging balls downfield, sitting in the pocket, shifting to escape. All that stuff's gone. He's turned into a dump off underneath passer behind this bad offensive line. Najee Harris comes in. People think that's going to help, but maybe it doesn't help enough because of where this line is. 
So if I were to take a non-obvious, I mean, I don't like the Giants offense either, but nobody likes the Giants offense. But I'm going to take a non-obvious team that most people still think is functional and I don't. Here's a playoff team from last year that I'm avoiding with the Pittsburgh Steelers for all the reasons I just mentioned. Makes a lot of sense to us, Paul. We always appreciate hopping on. Good luck with the uh, the league. And uh, I'm sure we'll have you on again this, on the show again soon. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, Joe and Joe. Tons of fun. Bye-bye. Paul Charchi in with us there. I, that you got to get awesome. in. I, I you got to get in. How about so, that? You know, the cool thing, what, what I heard most enticing there is if your team stinks, you have a bad week, you don't have to worry about the rest of the year. You're out early. Okay, fine. Get out. You're done. But if, it, if you're good, you can pick up all the good players. I like it. Thank you to Paul Charchi. And coming up, we line up today in Major League Baseball right here on BetQL Deli presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. By the Joes. For the Joes. Let Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio help you beat the sportsbooks on BetQL Daily. Presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. 19 noon Eastern on the BetQL Network.